welcome to season two of Are We There Yet? The podcast looking at the innovations emerging from the workshops, labs and secret test tracks of Hyundai. In season one, we introduced you to technology which is changing not just our vehicles, but our societies. From flying cars and vehicles which make us fall in love to the fastest electric cars on the planet. Honestly, it's very important that the cars are looking great and, and the fans are happy, but I'm only focusing on performance and to see how they develop, how much faster they get during the years. That just makes me so happy. And in season two, we'll be discovering even more amazing things happening in the world of motoring. I'm Susie Perry, and this podcast comes to you from Hyundai Motor. For our opening episode of the new series, we're talking to two people who are dedicated to health and safety of divers across the globe and are raising awareness by completing the first European sustainable tour run in the diving industry, travelling 25,000 kilometres across Europe in a Hyundai Kona Electric. From Divers Alert Network Europe, we have Alana Alvarez and Manuel Bustello. Welcome to you both. I'm so excited to talk to you. Where do I find you? Hi, Susie. We're really excited uh, for joining this podcast as, as well. Thank you for receiving us. Right now, we're in a beautiful hotel room in Helsinki. We just arrived yesterday. Oh, fantastic. So how far into the journey are you? So, all right, we, we started um, 110 days ago, roughly, and we have done already 16,000 kilometers. Um, we've uh, started in a little town called Roseto de la Bruzzi in Italy. And uh, right now, uh, we're in Helsinki, Finland. Um, uh, you know, we, we tour through all uh, countries that have taken us uh, here so far. Well, you're both smiling, so I'm I'm imagining that the trip's going very well and you're obviously still getting on very well. Um, <laughs> let's get into your amazing trip and the wonderful work that you're doing. But first, I'd like to hear a little bit about you both and about Divers Alert Network more generally, please. So Manu, let's start with you. Um, I've heard that you're a mountain bike record holder and a scuba diving master, and this isn't even your first electric vehicle trip, is it? I uh, did a couple of uh, electric vehicle trips in the past. The first one was back in 2016 uh, with an electric motorbike. I toured around eight Andalusia provinces in Spain. And then in 2018, I jumped in uh, or I joined a, a group of four different electric vehicles and we did a road trip from Nordcap to, uh, sorry, from London to Nordcap uh, in Norway. Alana, I'm sure you're not going to be outdone by that. I know you're also an avid scuba diver and, and a keen conservationist as well. Well, yes, Susie, you got that right. I love scuba diving. I've been a Dan Europe ambassador since 2018. I am an ocean lover, a nature passionate and a conservationist at heart. When I started diving, my life completely changed. For me, that moment I could put my head on the water and open my eyes, I decided that I wanted to spend the rest of my life protecting the fragility of the underwater world. It's a magical place, which obviously needs a lot of protection. You're both ambassadors for Divers Alert Network since 2018. Can you explain a little bit more to us who exactly Dan are and what they do, please? Divers Alert Network Europe was founded uh, as an international non-profit uh, medical and research organisation which is dedicated or has dedicated all these decades to the health and safety of divers. It is uh, very important to, to mention that uh, all the income that we receive from the memberships 
uh, is reinvesting in medical research, education, and ocean protect, protection activities or initiatives nowadays. So we do have about 100,000 members that they are insured by Diverse Network, uh, 365 days a year, uh, you know, uh, 30 uh, days per month, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Great. So we've heard a bit about you both and about Diver Alert Network Europe now. But the main reason that we're talking to you today is because you're currently on an incredible trip with a really important message. So, Alana, can you tell us exactly what it is you're embarking on and why you're doing it? With pleasure, Susie. Well, this is the first European sustainable tour run in the diving industry. We'll be travelling about 25,000 kilometres across Europe in an electric corner. We started this amazing journey on the 8th of June on World Oceans Day in the central Italian town of Roseto de la Bruzzi, Italy. Since then, we have been meeting with stakeholders along the way, institutions, policymakers, like-minded corporations, and the whole diving community to address three major ocean threats, increasing CO2 levels, plastic and chemical pollution, and loss of biodiversity. We have three main goals by doing this is to promote sustainable lifestyle and mobility to European citizens with a sensitive approach, of course, to the diving industry and to younger generations, to promote business already working on sustainable products or services, and to visit public and private organizations leading European sustainable movement and policy making to better protect our oceans. And why is it that Dan is specifically so keen to be raising this awareness? Well, Susie, Dan has been recognized, as Manu said, worldwide for the contribution its medical research has made to the diving community. The foundation has been a meeting point over the years for what is a priority for every diver, which is uh, safety. We have a wide network of divers who are members of the organization, and we wanted to use that power of outreach we have to do good and to speak to the diving community so that we can also join forces in protecting what is our playground. Since the Industrial Revolution, the oceans have become 26% more acidic, and this is directly related to CO2 emissions. And this completely alters the biochemistry of the ecosystem. And of course, that problem can only be corrected on land by changing our lifestyle and moving away from fossil fuels. Yeah, it's an incredible idea that you've had and it's an incredible tour that you've taken so far. So where will you be going? And in line with what you've just said, Alana, you're going to be meeting some key Hyundai figures along the way as well, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct, uh, Susie. So, so yeah, we've been already 110 days on the road and uh, we've been fortunate enough uh, already to meet, uh, you know, some key figures, as you mentioned. Uh, we, we love the meeting that we have with Bertrand Picard in Lausanne, with whom you have interviewed him actually in the past. He's great, isn't he? He's, he's great, yeah, he's great. He's, yeah. he's very kind and he's very inspirational. Um, so, you know, we spoke about, um, uh, you know, uh, the nonprofit Solar Impulse Foundation, uh, as well as the great view that he has about making a sustainable, a profitable endeavor, you know, and, and, and that's a really key point that we have used in uh, continuous talks with uh, most of the private companies that we have met along the way. Uh, then secondly, we met in Frankfurt at Hyundai headquarters, European headquarters uh, with Michael Cole. 
He's a great leader and very outspoken person. Uh, we discuss about the present and future of sustainable mobility and all the uh, excitement that there's around that um, in, in Hyundai, uh, as well as our own excitement to hear uh, great news. Um, we reached the Health Disease offices in, in Amsterdam, uh, where we join cleanup activities, Health Disease being such a great partner of Hyundai. And, and then last but not least, I just want to mention as well that we visited and met with incredible people uh, that perhaps are the uh, unsung heroes of, of Hyundai, but that they are the Hyundai dealers in different countries and the national offices uh, along the way as well. We discussed with some of the national offices, you know, the different challenges and evolutions that they have had with sustainable mobility. Uh, there's certainly a different reality depending on the country in Europe where you are at. And we have learned uh, tons of information from each one of them. And you've also met with several business stakeholders, haven't you, as well, on, on the tour along the way. What, what is the message that you've given to them with regards to corporate responsibility and adopting a more sustainable business practice? It was within, as Alana mentioned before, it was within our uh, objectives to meet with uh, private stakeholders to discuss not only that they could perhaps uh, you know, we can bring into their table uh, one or two new things, but also to learn from them. Uh, first of all, we, uh, with almost all of them, we brought, um, um, you know, to the table uh, the knowledge of what is the most important issue, as Elena mentioned before, that the oceans are suffering today. And, and she mentioned very well that is global warming and, you know, the raising uh, temperatures in the water, which is also creating uh, more acidic oceans uh, by CO2 intake. And um, not so many companies are aware of that. So the, the next question was, uh, you know, what, what are your best practices to promote sustainable mobility among employees and, and providers? So we spoke about sustainable mobility with companies. Yet at the same time, um, we learn about, uh, you know, what does it take for some businesses to to actually be able to uh, tackle sustainable business practices? For instance, we, we met uh, a great company in Germany that has existed uh, for almost 120 years. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult in the mind of uh, regular citizens to understand that the first thing that the company needs to be uh, and needs to have to be sustainable is to be profitable. If you're not profitable, you can no longer stay in business uh, and then you, you have no power to change things. However, it is also very important the way you do things. So you can be profitable doing harm or you can be profitable solving uh, social or environmental issues. So that was the third main topic that we touched and it was to, to learn and understand better how are they transitioning from corporate share responsibility to corporate share value, which is to create economic value out of solving mm. environmental and social problems. Yeah, it's this fine balance, isn't it, that companies need to achieve between making profit, but doing it in a green and sustainable way. And I suppose it's a lot of change in education that needs to go in, but it needs to happen quite fast. So it's such a vital message that you're, you're getting across. How open and receptive have you found businesses according to meeting your message? Has their response given you hope for the future? Well, fortunately, they have been more open than we could have ever expected. We have seen a great willingness from many industries to participate in this global change. Some are already taking action, showing us that a brighter future is possible. And the most encouraging thing, Susie, was seeing how young many of the CEOs or the founders of these companies uh, or startups were. 
we're talking about boys and girls who could be hanging out with their friends or going out to party. And instead, they're working really, really, really hard to change the future of our planet. That sounds really great. How have you found it? Because obviously this is an incredible adventure. There must have been some ups and downs. Can you just tell me a little bit about those? Uh, Northern Lights? Oh, come on. (laughs) Exactly. Northern Lights, um, Scandinavian um, landscapes, they are breathtaking and uh, you go the Rome to to the free to roam in, in those countries so you can camp. Uh, almost anywhere and, and sleep under the stars. That has been amazing. Okay. Uh, orcas, well watching. That's right. <laughs> um, also underwater world in Scandinavia. It was the first time for us to scuba dive in cold waters. Uh, we had excellent dives all over Norway. And um, we're going to dive tomorrow in Finland, by the way. Uh, there's one very special place in, in Norway called Solstromen, where there's the strongest whirlpool in the world. So we have to jump into the water before the whirlpool actually was, you know, running up and down the, the channel. Uh, great dives over there. And yeah, I exciting. have to say, you know, another app, another app has been listening to all of your podcasts. Yes. From, are we there yet uh, since we started oh. the tour? <laughs> really? Oh, thank you. That makes me very happy. Well, I guess you have time. So... <laughs> Let's talk about your choice of vehicle then. Your journey of 25,000 kilometres around Europe is being completed in Hyundai's Kona. How have you found the driving around Europe in an electric vehicle and specifically in, in the Kona EV? Well, Susie, the first point to take into account is that the electric Kona is an excellent car. It has a real range of 480 kilometers, and that's according to our experience. With an electric vehicle, of course, you have to plan a lot and efficiency must be involved when selecting a certain route. It has allowed us to plan uh, precisely what uh, distance to travel or which chargers to select. So it's a great car that has allowed us to do this in an efficient way. As humans, generally, we're not very good at change. Are we? We get stuck in our ways and our comforts and we like our luxuries. But are you saying here that you can have the comfort and the luxury by changing to an EV and be sustainable at the moment? We are there now. That is absolutely correct. Not only, Susie, you say very well, not only you can have the comfort um, and you can be sustainable, but also you can rethink in the way you do uh, stuff. You know, um, it, it has happened with ourselves. Um, we, we have gone from fossil fuel cars to hybrid cars, now to electric vehicle cars. And when you go on a road trip with a fossil, fossil fuel car, even a hybrid one, because you will need to stop to refuel, uh, you do it in a rush. You move from A to B to C in a rush and you only see A, B and C. And you're actually missing out what's in the middle. Uh, with the EV uh, cars, even if you need to stop for half an hour, first of all, you don't need to, you know, pump it up to 100%. Uh, the way, the same way we do it with gasoline cars, you don't need to do that because you might just have another kilometer, 100 kilometers ahead of you, and it's enough to refuel it for, uh, to recharge it with 20 or 30% energy. Uh, but th- there might be a forest around. There might be uh, something that you want to explore. It has happened to us. You know, I'm, I'm crazy about mountains, and I've seen lots of different hills and mountains close to charging stations in great places where we could take a little walk yeah. for half an hour. We're That's all, even better for your health. We're actually really excited when we have to charge because we know that it's exploring time. So we leave the car charging and we just go for a walk in the forest. That's a really great point. So actually for mental health, it, 
makes you just stop and breathe and take a break from driving whereas we're used to go 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 all the time get from a to b and if you if you sort of slightly change your life which we've all had to do in the last 18 months anyway then this is just another part of that it seems you know to actually take stock and be able to slow the heart rate down just stop stressing about everything which i think we all do don't we so regularly and it's unhealthy and and what you're doing i'm looking at you now in this beautiful hotel room you're practically sitting on top of each other and you've been together for all these weeks in a car and you're so chilled and you're so relaxed it's it's great to see and it's obviously had a really really positive effect um and also the, the positive things that you've been doing along the way now guys in this podcast we're asking are we there yet Clearly, from talking to you both today, whilst we're well on the way in terms of electric vehicles and sustainability, there is still a long way to go, isn't there? Um, yes, it is still a long way to go. Again, everything is relative. Uh, but if we want to have a healthier planet, and in particular a planet where the impact of humans does not necessarily mean that we destroyed our house, planet Earth, that we destroyed our oceans, and in particular that we destroy even parts that we don't even know. For instance, there's the deep seas. Uh, you know, uh, it is said by science that we know more about the moon than we know about the deep seas that we have on planet Earth. So we have to be very careful when we are planning to, for instance, do uh, deep sea mining or activities uh, that they might get involved with new economical activity in places where we cannot uh, control, um, you know, the impact that we as humans have. Because the more damage we produce is, uh, is the more that we are going to affect all the other living things that live on the planet, you know, from trees, forests, to all marine species that are living in the oceans, which are already very much affected by our own uh, activity. So we're certainly not there yet. However, as Alana said before, uh, we're very hopeful. We've seen great um, um, you know, involvement from the private sector. Uh, we're seeing it as well from the public sector. And um, Hyundai, it is a great example of that. Looking specifically at the automotive and mobility section, what role do you both see that it has to play in creating a more sustainable future? How far do you think it's come and how much further does it have to go to achieve that goal? We humans, we need to move. We have moved ever since. We walked Transport uh, for humans, um, it's, uh, it's not going to change. It's actually going to increase. Therefore, transport companies, um, they have to play an essential role by not only providing sustainable solutions uh, for humans to move, uh, whether we move into cars that they have less uh, tailpipe emissions or to sharing options, but also to provide uh, products, cars actually, that itself, they become um, sustainable. Hyundai, it is a company that has taken action in, in this respect. Um, actions, they speak louder than words, and they have shown that they can also provide cars that, for instance, the interior is made out of recycled materials. So we as citizens, we have to play a crucial role when we cast our vote on what is the next product that we are going to uh, purchase. And if you decide to go for an electric vehicle that reduces uh, CO2 tape valve emissions, but yet at the same time, it is using recycled materials on the interior, um, you are casting a vote to companies that are doing things in the right way. Yeah, um, for the more, 
the mobility sector represents a great source of work for millions of people around the world. So it is important that the transport industry continues to operate for the well-being of workers and their families. The key is to find the balance that allows us to continue fulfilling our need to, to transport in a way that is economically profitable uh, so that companies can continue to exist and be a source of employment for these people, but at the same time are respectful of the limits and demands of the nature. We are already seeing this transformation in the mobility industry that is pointing to this direction. During our passage with the tour, we have witnessed electrification in mobility, especially in the Scandinavian countries. Um, of course, car manufacturers are already working on these topics. Although uh, different speeds and certainly with different priorities, but we're going that way. And you touched on it, I think, Manu, as individual citizens to become more sustainable in our everyday lives. Can you just give us a few pointers there before we say goodbye? Yeah, certainly. Um, Elena, would you like to well, mention? Of course, if we want to achieve change, we must all get involved. Here are some example, examples and simple ideas that people tend to underestimate but we need to be efficient in our daily consumption. I mean, with everything, don't waste. Eat only what you need, turn off the lights when you're not using them. Don't let the water run on use. Things that ex experts have been telling us for decades to do, but as a society, we're still not committing to doing. Every time we purchase something, we are casting a boat, as Manu said. We can choose the apples that are already in a plastic bag, or we can bring an our own reusable bag. You have to educate yourself, you have to ask questions and find the origin of what you are buying. Then choose wisely according, of course, to your possibilities. Um, and last but not least, if you have some extra time, learn to scuba dive. <laughs> you will discover the 70% of the beautiful planet and of course you will not regret it. And we can ask the kids to talk to the politicians. Maybe they can learn something from the kids that seem to know what's going on out there. In terms of are you two there yet? How long have you got left on the trip? Where are you off to next? All right, so we're not there yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. We still have seven countries ahead of us uh, before making it back to Italy. We're very excited. We're going to yeah. uh, pay a visit to Hyundai manufacturing plant for Kona electric vehicles in the Czech Republic. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that one. We're really looking forward to that. And last but not least, we're not there yet, not even this year, because fortunately we have received already requests from countries where, that were not included in the tour to make Sustainable Tour 2 and even 3. So we still have plenty of years ahead uh, for more Sustainable Tours to come. This is a show. It's become series two and series three. This is fantastic. Well, congratulations. Is there somewhere that we can follow your journey on, on social media or anything? Where can we see where you're going and what you're doing? Of course, Susie. We have our website that is sustainabletour.eu. You can also follow us on dangeuropeinstagram.com. That is dangeurope. And our personal Instagram and Twitter. That is Manu Bustelo and Alana Gabriela. Wow, it sounds like there's a lot of information and fun to be had following you guys. It's been really fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the rest of this trip and future trips. Thank you, Susie. Thank you so much. 
If you're excited by electric vehicles, sustainability and the projects that Hyundai are leading, you can find out more at Hyundai.com. And make sure to follow or subscribe to the Are We There Yet podcast from your usual podcast provider. It means, of course, that you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.